Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, hello one and all. I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing on this blustery Pittsburgh day? I just did a little bit of uh, shoveling and blowing and whatnot and uh, nose is running. hope I'm not too sniffly for you, but that's such as life in this mid-January post-Steeler season, apparently. So I wanted to clarify something I talked about briefly yesterday, and that's Tomlin's recent playoff history. So I didn't... I know they're on a five-game losing streak in the playoffs, but I didn't incorporate their 2016 loss, the fifth, the 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 farthest back of that group as much because it's a lot different than the others. I mean, the, the last four playoff games were one and done. In 2016, they lost 36 to 17 to New England, but they had two playoff wins in the bag at that point. And so... I treated that one differently yesterday, and I just wasn't as clear about it when we talked as I wanted. So, that being said, the last five playoff games, all losses, but again, the most distant one was after two playoff wins. It is a fact. They are 66 and oh, well, not 66, no, they were outscored 66 to nothing in the first quarters of those five games. That's miserable. I mean, that's very reflective on getting out coached early, game planning, prep during the week. I mean, I don't know how else you candy coat that. And at halftime in those five games, they were down a cumulative 75 points. I mean, they, their halftime differential and point differential over those last five playoff games is minus 75. And if you just look at those five games total, yeah, they came back and made a lot of them interesting, but they were still outscored by 68 points. I mean, over the last five playoff games. So I wasn't just quite as clear as I wanted about that because that the furthest one in the distance I did treat differently than being one and done the last four times they've gone to the playoffs. So some dudes that were... Better than I thought after watching the game again this morning and worse. We do this all the time. And I probably have a little more. I'm I'm thinking at least tomorrow's podcast or at least the first half of tomorrow's podcast. We'll do some snap count things and not quite put the bills to bed yet. But I thought Roberts was better in this game and really wanted to just kind of point him out for He exceeded my expectations all season, but especially end of season. I mean, he was dealing with a lot of injuries and no, no one, myself included, when they hire or when they signed him thought that's an every down player. And he was forced into that a lot with the linebacker injuries. So I'm glad he's around. He's a keeper. uh, And I think he ended the season very respectively, you know, a great teammate, a big time contributor, not a great player but a great teammate and valuable. It's good to see Fryermuth involved. Um, 
I do think his fumble should have been a fumble, but they didn't call it that way, so be it. But it just showed what he's capable of as a receiver, getting downfield, creating mismatches. Would have liked to have seen a lot more of that this year. I mean, a lot more. Guy I've been really worried about, Cam Hayward. Uh, boy, it makes the offseason a lot more palatable to say, boy, he ended this his year. The knee fought a lot of injuries this year on a good note against a good opponent. I thought he was their best at back being their best defensive lineman. Now, I'm not saying, frankly, he's you know, if he's worth the money next year and all those things, but it was great to put that, have the last taste in your mouth be that game from him. Um, Ed Oliver was really, really good in this game, too. He's somebody we've talked about a lot, real penetrating three technique. His quickness gave the Steelers' interior line a lot of problems, and weather didn't slow him down. He's having a really good year. Coming into his own, yeah, he was problematic, as we expected, but even more so than I thought. And it's easy to talk about the elements, the weather, and they're very much a factor. But give the Bills crowd some credit, too. That place was loud. There was a lot of communication problems. There were a lot of issues that you can attribute to being on the road with crazy Bills mafia, you know, all that. Um, Worse than I thought, Miles Jack. I mean, my hunch is he goes back to the retirement route and probably for the best. I didn't love how Patrick Peterson played at all in this game either. And the more I think about him, you know, we flirted with, should he move to safety like one of the Woodsons? I think you just cut him probably. I'm, I'm going to think about that more, but I know that there's value, but he's up in age and he's just not an impact player. But this was a tough game for the Georgia rookies too. And to their credit, they've been playing a lot of football. I mean, Jones had the most snaps from what I remember in the preseason. So this is like, I know there was a break in there, but I mean, he's on his 22nd game or something like that. Same with Washington. So these guys have played a lot of football, almost double what they would have at Georgia last year. But I thought both ended on a rough note here. Uh, and, and back to the Ed Oliver thing, interior line took a step backwards. I think Mason Cole needs replaced, et cetera. Um, Tight ends. I just saw this little nugget, and we know the tight ends have been lighting the Steelers up, basically starting with, like, Trey McBride, and they have not faced a murderer's row of tight end. Kincaid's a very good one, though. So they've allowed nine touchdowns to tight ends this year. That's not crazy. You know, I mean, there's, what, 18 games with the playoffs? I mean, every other game, a, touch, a tight end catches a touchdown. Not great, but not, I mean, not insane. Eight of those nine came since week 13. So, linebacker injuries, safety injuries, you would think that's something that gets better. I mean, eight touchdowns to tight end since week 13. That's insane. This happened to both teams, but watching the game a second time, and I slightly sort of mentioned it in yesterday's podcast, they let a lot of holds go on pass rushes, but especially to Highsmith. I thought Highsmith played a whale of a game, and if they would have been a little more flag happy i mean not that he's the only one out there getting held but i thought it was the biggest culprit trying to be as impartial as possible i thought he was really really good stepped up without watt who watt obviously is a force multiplier and was missed in this game but i thought highsmith brought his best stuff 
and we didn't quite get to see it as much as he deserved because of the holds. Um, Bills had 11 possessions in this game. Steelers did force a three and out on three of them. I mean, not bad. Not bad. I mean, just didn't realize that at the time, but of 11 possessions, they three and out, three, three of those. Defense was not good enough, but that was something to sort of hang your hat on a little bit. With the NFL playoffs here and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember, though, use our promo code BELIEVE, it's all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. I wanted to talk more about this yesterday, and I guess I just never jotted it down, but it was very obvious. I told you guys this leading into the game. This is a massive, too high safety. They have a great pair of safeties for a long time. Those two play off each other really well, but they're a too high safety team. The Steelers are a single high safety team more than most. But it was very obvious from the start that the Bills were taking away the run as much as possible. They played a lot of single high. They played a lot of eight-man boxes. I mean, even when they were up by 21, they still had single high safeties. You know, so Sears better get used to that. Weather, I'm sure, also attributes to it that you're less concerned about, you know, uh, Pickens beating you over the top, things like that, making throws in weather. But clearly the Bills respected, feared the Steeler run game, rightfully so. Rudolph, I thought he played pretty well, to be very honest with it. I mean, he made a lot of throws under pressure. I mentioned Oliver, but he wasn't their only pass rusher that was winning. And I thought he was at his best in in really important, crucial situations for the most part. You know, so it got better as the game got on, started to figure out their defense. You can tell he's got a good head for the game, handled pressure well, despite not being a great mover. Sometimes the ball comes out of his hands sort of funky, but seems to get it there. I mean, he's not a great drive passer, you know, drive the ball through the wind type of passer, but I was impressed. So there's a quote I liked seeing and I wanted to bring up too. I brought up Roderick Jones in sort of a negative light just a couple minutes ago. But he said one of the, he told one of the reporters in the locker room, this is an exact quote, I'm ready to attack the offseason training. I can't wait to come back for another year with these guys. Now, everybody says that stuff. <laughs> but I'm not a reporter. I'm not in the locker rooms. I never go in the locker room. But several people that I trust in the organization, outside the organization, around the organization, blah, 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 are all really high on Broderick Jones as a competitor. Of course, he's talented. He's a first-round pick. And I'm not saying he's the next pouncier to Castro, but as he ages, he could be the guy that is also an all-pro and he's also the guy that everyone fears and listens to. So just wanted to throw that out there about him. I'm pretty excited about Jones. 
had some down moments to finish his career, but boy, he played a lot of snaps going back to preseason. I'm actually going to jot that down. I want to see how many snaps Jones played in a Steeler uniform. I bet it's a ton because he had a ton in the preseason. Um, I had two other things. This isn't to simplify things or give the Steelers an excuse, but the Bills are now 17-0 and since 2020. It's a pretty long stretch when Josh Allen has not turned the ball over. Their running backs could fumble five times. Their kickoff returners could fumble, whatever. But if he hasn't turned the ball over, they haven't lost in 2020, 21, 22, 23. And part of me was when I saw that, and I knew that going into the game, and I told you guys about it last week, but I thought, was this game really just that simple? When you have a superhero quarterback and he plays – really well and makes big plays, but plays playoff level football in terms of maturity, not putting the ball in harm's way. It's really hard to beat. And I think if, you know, if Allen doesn't turn the ball over next week when Kansas City comes to Buffalo, they'll probably win. If he goes to Baltimore for the AFC Championship and he does not turn the ball over, they'll probably win. Yeah, I mean, like... He's that good that when he doesn't hurt the team, even in the slightest manner, the good stuff he does just overflows. And there aren't many quarterbacks like that. I, I know the Steelers fans listening right now are like, boy, it'd be nice to have that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really nice to have that guy. But there's five of them on the planet, you know, like Lamar and Mahomes. And I think Stroud's going that direction in a hurry and Burrow and Herbert. And it's about dries up after that. So, if your off-season plan is, well, let's get one of those, well, you're not going to. Um, last thing, and this is just a total hunch. I just watched it on YouTube. The Tomlin press conference, when he was asked about his contract or whatever, he just immediately walked right off. I have no insight on this. I haven't left my house since then. I haven't talked to anybody. It just seemed kind of scripted to me. I'm not saying that the reporter was set up to do that, but I kind of felt like the second he heard that, the way he reacted was weird to me. Like, the second he heard the word contract, he just walked away like he'd been planning this for weeks. And I don't know. That's all I got. But I just thought that was an odd situation. I wanted to address it. All right. I'll be back tomorrow. Take care. Take care.